0: Hi, I'm Tony O'Dell. I played Jimmy in the original Karate Kid in Cobra Kai, and you're listening to Cobra Kai Companion.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion, and today we have another interview. This one we're very excited about, and uh, Tony O'Dell joins us from the Karate Kid and season two of Cobra Kai. Welcome, Tony. Good
0: morning. Good morning.
1: Yeah, good morning. Um, definitely a lot to to talk about. Uh, you're one of the um, part of the last people I've been able to reach out to from the um, you know the original movie, and. Um, not too long ago, I spoke with Robert Mark Kamen too, and and you know, um, asked them about Jimmy and stuff. So a lot to get into, a lot to get into. Great. But um, I have all no the answers. Yeah, I I hope so. Uh, let's let's start talking about uh, about you and kind of growing up. You were born in Pasadena, California. Uh, have you
0: predominantly stayed in California growing up? I have, and my home's in Burbank, and I actually live only 20 minutes from where I was born and raised, which is kind of cool because I'm still friends with, I mean, I'm still friends with uh, a friend of mine, Karen, who I've known since I was five years old and, in kindergarten. And we see each other pretty often, um, granted with the pandemic, that's a, a different story, but um, we see each other. I still see friends from grammar school, from high school. Uh, I We still all hang out. Um, and it's, it's nice because I say I've, traveled all over the world but I haven't moved very far Mm -hmm. and it's kind of you know it's I'm still close to my roots all my siblings live in California my oldest brothers in northern California but my two other siblings are are fairly close by West Covina and Huntington Beach and I see them all the time and I hang out with um, all of my nephews and nieces I have 21 of them wow big family so, actually, it's kind of like I have eight nephews and nieces, and they have 13 kids. Okay. Right. So it's nice because I now get to see my nephews and nieces now raise their kids. And um, of course, I like to be the cool, fun uncle.
1: Sure. I mean, <laughs> some I'm, I'm, days, some I'm days sure really they're, they're watching Cobra Kai too, probably.
0: Yeah, they actually really like it. Yeah, they really like good. it. And, I, and I'm glad I do too. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. Yeah.
2: Um, So you started acting what right after you turned 18. Um,
0: Uh, Professionally, yes. Um, Funny enough, when I was like five or six years old, I was involved in some like, you know, summer camp and they were like, hey, we need somebody to get up on stage and throw confetti at the audience. And I was like, I want to do that. So it's kind of like just a ham from the get go. And then got involved in, you know, a lot of grammar school uh plays. And I played David and David and Goliath and got involved in the choir. And I just, I guess I just naturally loved performing and then got involved in high school plays. And then I went to go see a play in Pasadena when I was 16 and it was a more professional play. And I was sitting there thinking, wow, well, I'm 16, and the high school that I went to really wants us to know what we want to do for the rest of our lives in terms of a profession. And I really kind of didn't have a clue. I thought maybe the medical industry, although I didn't want to go to uh, college for eight years or whatever it, it took, and I thought about being a special education teacher. And then I was watching this play, and I thought, well, wow, these people are doing what I've been doing since I was a kid. And it never dawned on me that I could actually do it as a profession myself. So I made the decision in that moment and told my mom and dad that's what I was gonna kind of work towards. And then when I was 18, um, I sent out four pictures and four resumes to four Hollywood agents, and I got signed by one of them.
1: Oh, wow. So it and- sounds like your parents were pretty supportive.
0: Um, actually, they weren't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't tell your mom that you want to be an actor while she's vacuuming. Cause I think I remember her like inching the vacuum towards my feet. Um, she just said, you know what, look, if you want to go do a, a, you know, a summer seminar at the American Academy, you know, uh, go ahead, spend your money. I spent like 350 bucks. I did it on my own. Their whole thing was, and I understand it. they wanted me to obviously have, you know, a, uh, a secure profession. Mm -hmm. And they also said, you know, we didn't know anybody in the industry. I grew up in Altadena, which we, you know, 30 minutes from Hollywood, but we didn't know anybody in the business, uh, no connections or anything. And I said, Hey, look, if I do this on my own, you know, can I do it? And they said, you can do anything you want, but we still want you to go to college. Of course, I got my agent when I was 18 in high school. I got my first movie and first SAG card. I got my SAG card in high school. And I did go to college, but shortly after starting Pasadena City College, I ended up as a semi-regular in a series called Eight is Enough, which was a huge series in 1979. Mm -hmm. Um, Big series on television. And then shortly after that, I got a semi-regular role in Dynasty. So I just kind of slowly dropped out of college because I said to my parents, I'm already doing what it is I wanted to do. Um, And I had some friends, you know, going and take, you know, going to college for theater, but they weren't going to be graduating until they were 21 or 22 and having to then learn the ropes where I was 18, 19 years old. I already knew how to drive to an audition where all the casting offices were I was already working you know i was an 18 19 year old kid already making 50 or hundred thousand dollars a year so i was like i'm good
1: yeah so In
0: was, 1980 yeah. yeah yeah 1980 i mean i remember i was doing dynasty i think you know it was a, it was a great year for me and it was making you know doing really well making money and and um my agent was amazing
1: now was your agent the one that came up with the name change
0: Great question. Um, yeah, she she was. My original name is Anthony dell'Aquila. Uh, the Italian pronunciation is dell'Aquila. It means of the eagle in Italian. Um, all my grandparents are all from uh, Italy, mostly Sicily. And she said, you know, your look is so all American. And in those days, of course, they weren't they weren't, there was no email or anything like this. So mm-hmm. her pitching me was sometimes just pitching me over the phone to a casting director. So they would see me. And if it was for an all American role, which she kind of felt that was what I was best suited for. She'd say, okay, well I have Anthony Della Quilla, and they'd say, um, no, it sounds too, sounds too ethnic. Or she'd pitch me for an Italian kid And they'd say, hey, sounds perfect. And I'd walk in and they'd be like, he just looks (laughs) too clean cut all American, you know, and granted you have someone like John Travolta walking in the room. There's a definite definite difference, you know, because, you know, in the industry when they want to hire an Italian, they go, you know, it's a, a guy who looks like me couldn't possibly be Italian, which we know isn't the truth, but they go for that stereotypical look. So she said we need a name that's more synonymous. So I pitched Tony Aquila. She said, no, still too sounds too ethnic. How about Tony Dell? She sounds talented stagey. And then someone blurted out Odell. And my agent said, That's interesting because I'm Mary Grady, but I named my daughter Lonnie O'Grady. Mm. Let's make you Tony Odell. And that's how it started. Lanny O'Grady? Lanny Lonnie, Lonnie O'Grady was my agent's daughter, and she actually was one of the stars of Is Enough.
2: That's what I was I was thinking. She played Mary. Yeah. And
0: then and then her son, Don Grady, who didn't take the O, and he just stuck with Don Grady, was Robbie Douglas and my three sons.
2: Oh wow.
0: So um out of Mary's three children, two of them, you know, were in the industry and and did well. Unfortunately, Lonnie and Don and Mary are all gone. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, she just passed away at the age of 96. Mm. And I say that my house is the house that Mary Grady built.
2: Wow. So yeah. Eight is Enough launched a couple of Karate Kid careers then, yours and Ralph's.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, because Ralph actually was a uh, serious Regular, semi-regular in in eight is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know him um, when I was doing it. I think when I was after I had finished and moved on to Dynasty, then Ralph had started with the series. Yeah, because
2: you were done um, with the the graduation party in season four was your last episode, right? And then he and was good. You're and then right. he was, his first episode was season five, so. Yes, okay,
0: so who was in my graduating class and eight is enough, go. Tommy. It was, Tommy. Tommy's
2: gra- it was Tommy's graduation party.
0: Yes, it was. And do you remember who the other guest star was who came with me to the door at the graduation party? No. Eric Stoltz. Oh! oh. Okay. oh. How's okay. That for a nice little tidbit.
2: Okay. Yep. Yep. Yep.
0: Not a lot of people know that. Um, yeah, Eric Stoltz and I. Um, he was. I was actually one of Tommy's, you know, band members. I was the bass player in the band. But Eric mm-hmm. Stoltz actually got an episode where he was one of our fellow graduates.
2: Oh wow.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, Eric Stoltz originally cast as Marty McFly in Back to the Future. Uh, On that note, did you also audition for
0: Alex P. Keaton? Um, There were a lot of older movies that I auditioned for. Uh, I auditioned for Blue Lagoon. Hmm. I auditioned for Back to the Future. I auditioned for Family Ties. Okay, Um, so yeah. I auditioned for Endless Love, movie with Brooke Shields. Mm-hmm. the biggest one that was the hardest one for me to take was I auditioned for ordinary people with Timothy Hutton and had actually two callbacks for, and he ended up getting it and won the Academy award. Wow. Wow. So that's the closest I've ever come to (laughs) I've ever come to an Oscar. (laughs) (laughs) Wow.
2: Though that's, that's pretty close. I mean,
0: yeah. And, and wow. I guess I
2: was always destined
0: to play that kind of, you know, um, Michael Fox. And we were kind of in the same, you know, in the same category. It's, it's interesting because I never actually ever saw Michael um, on an audition or whatever, but I was always going in for the kinds of things he was going in for. And of course, then he got Alex P. Keaton um, in Family Ties. And of course, that's one of the characters they created in Head of the Class. So I do often read on the internet, oh, he his character was the Alex P. Keaton knockoff. And no. Okay, that's fine. It paid for the house. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's kind of my that's always my go to whenever somebody has something to say. I don't, I don't
2: even I mean, Alan is such a fabulous character in his own right. One of my like Thinking back over, like you know, TV in the '80s, because I was a TV hound in the '80s, um, was the Grease episode was just like the most amazing thing. You, Alan, was like the perfect teen angel, you know, Um, and that's something that I I still can see that scene in my head all these years later. So, congratulations.
0: Thank you. That was probably one of my most favorite episodes I've done uh, on television. Um, it was just so much fun and Howard Hessman was so supportive. And I remember, um, having to go in and, and record beauty school dropout. Um, at the time, my, my, my vocal cords were on point. So I was able to hit those, um, you know, those fun falsetto notes at the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, And uh, then later on in the years, actually, it's funny. This just came to my mind. Going back to Karate Kid, Frankie Avalon Jr. played one of the other guys in the movie. Mm -hmm. And wasn't Frankie Avalon Sr. Teen Angel in Greece? Yes, he was. And it was cool because now I ended up doing that after... um, I ended up doing that after Karate Kid, but Mm. I did get a chance then to go to um, Frankie Avalon Jr. And I became friends and I went to the house and actually ended up meeting his dad. Oh, wow. And I just remembered him from the movie Grease, not even knowing that three years later, I'd actually do that in head of the class. Um, But it was funny because we were in the kitchen and we were kind of like talking. And I said something that kind of made Frankie Avalon like think that maybe I might know who he is. And he's like, why do you actually have uh, any kind of idea of, of of my career, you know, or anything? And he didn't say that in a smug way, it was just I'd kind of like tipped that I kind of knew who he was. And I go, Yeah, I definitely know who you are. And he goes, Really? And I go, Venus, if you will, da. I just started like singing in it. And he was, he was uh, he 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 got a kick out of that.
1: Oh, that's fantastic singing it to him. Um, I know that yeah, song.
0: That was that was kind of a crazy, stupid Tony O'Dell moment where I actually decided to sing Venus back to Frankie Avalon. Um but yeah, head of the class and and Greece, that was it was a fun episode.
1: Uh for those that don't know, head of the class is actually being rebooted. Um what was it like for you to see uh the, the show that you were on brought what was it, Netflix that just um put put it back I up? I
0: think it's HBO Max.
1: HBO Max, okay. So yeah. So I I do have that, but uh, what what was it like to kind of see that being brought back and have you been having some interactions with like fans who kind of grew up on that show?
0: You know, um, I think for the most part, uh, a lot of the fans are just, some of them I think were a little confused because they're calling it head of the class, but it doesn't have any of the original characters, Um, you know, Alan, Sarah, all, all, all of the original characters, there's none of them, and it's, you know, all new cast members. So the only thing I think it really has to do with uh, really head of the class is the fact that it's still a teacher with uh, students who are in the IHP program or, you know, gifted students. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's called head of the class. So there's been talk as to whether or not they'll bring us back uh, as original characters, as far as I know, they're, they're, you know, I haven't heard anything about it. Um, I do know one of the executive producers, she was a writer on the George Lopez show. And I was one of the act, I was the acting coach on the George Lopez show. So I do know, um, Amy Pocha, who's one of the executive producers. Um, and and we'll see, you know, um, I wish it success. I hope it, it, uh, it does well, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, see how it goes.
1: I'd be curious to see if it's in the same universe uh, other than just, you know, the ties to the name.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, head of the class, we, we did it from 1986 to 91. We did 114 episodes, and um, it was it was a great experience. So it'll be interesting to see how it does, you know. Yeah, it was uh, what the new characters are like.
2: Right. I so say Head of the Class was no small show in the 80s. It wasn't like the one season, you know, would come and go. It was up there with family ties and, and, you know, the, the, um, oh, I just forgot the name of it.
0: Gosh dang it! Family ties, perfect
2: strangers. There we go. There we go. With Is that the, what with you're the, looking the, for? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, growing pains. Yes. We all were in the similar time slot. We were all either fed each other. Or, you know, one was uh, was the uh, the show leading into our show, or that kind of a thing. Um, and it's funny because when you think about TV shows and ratings now, it's a big deal if a show has you know um six million or eight million viewers now granted a show like the voice i'm sure they have a much bigger uh audience mm-hmm. but at the time you know there was there was no cable so the your your biggest network channels were cbs nbc and abc we were on abc but we would have like we'd get like a 17 rating and a, or I should say, yeah, 17 rating and a 34 or 32 share, which kind of meant we had 32% of the entire TV right. viewing audience. Right. Um, 30, I mean, 32 million, so it's like 32, and it's like 30, having like 32 million viewers is, was a lot. Right. So yeah,
2: which that, that that has decreased with, you know, the the advent of, of um, cable and streaming and so those numbers don't have to be quite as high, but
0: exactly. I mean, I you know, I work for Disney Channel and a lot of the shows that that I I coach on um, you know, some of them just have, you know, 3 million or 4 million viewers. Right. Um but we had, you know, 32 34 million viewers. I remember we were in the top 10 when we uh, first came out for quite a, for a little while, at least. And, uh, but, um, it was a, a big, big rated show.
2: Yeah. Well, I know where my butt was every, every night that it was on
0: it was right in front of it. So. And I appreciate that. My oh, no and uncle's it. Was good.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little younger. <laughs> yes. A little younger.
1: Um, we're going to jump around uh, a little bit in, in your timeline here. Um, uh, I want to kind of save the Karate Kid and Cobra Kai stuff up for a little bit later. Um, so I, 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 got a chance to watch uh, chopping mall. What, what do you, I'm Sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> I th- I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun. Um,
0: you know, uh, it's... Honestly, and I, I just said that as a joke because it was fun. That's it all was... it's meant to be really.
1: Yeah. So what was that experience like? And um, kind of, auditioning for the role of ferdy what M- i think
0: uh is the name Maybe Myzel, yeah. yeah um it was a blast i remember going to uh, i think it was new horizons roger corman's company and auditioning for it and right from the get-go jim Wynorski was like he's ferdy you know i think i went in i had glasses on um, it was kind of a thing i I always knew how to do. I kind of felt like when you go into a casting office, give them two different looks. So I did the same thing for head of the class, the audition for um for head of the classes, like I would start my lines and and I'd be wearing my glasses, and then somewhere, you know during during my lines, I would, you know take my glasses off and always kind of tried to give them two different looks while i was while I was auditioning. and um but, Jim Wynorski loved what I was doing. He's like, oh, you're Ferdy, you're Ferdy, you're perfect. You know, and the next thing I know is I was doing the movie. We filmed at um, the Sherman Oaks Galleria. The exterior exterior shots are the Beverly Center. Hmm. And the interior was the Sherman Oaks Galleria here in the San Fernando Valley. And we didn't show up to work until eight o'clock at night as the mall was starting to shut down at nine o'clock. And then we basically took over the mall, the entire mall all night long. Uh, We would wrap at like eight o'clock in the morning. So when I was leaving to go home and sleep, people were showing up to open up the the stores and I would black out my windows in my apartment with uh, tinfoil so that i could sleep during the day so we shot like that i think it was for like a month a month and a half Mm. where i was just up every night it was just it's just weird i don't like sleeping through through the day it's it's very weird to wake up at four in the afternoon and have breakfast and i didn't like that part of it but the but the movie was fun uh the character
1: of ferdy does um have to shoot at some point in, in the movie. Did you have to take any lessons or is that kind of all on the spot?
0: I think it was all on the spot. I definitely don't not, not like go to a firing range. And, and it was just literally let's put a gun in his hand and tell him what to do and what not to do. And I was always just like, you know, he was just kind of like the squirrely guy with the gun, <laughs> you know, and you're doing all that kind of stuff. And, uh, um, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I remember the, the one scene where I have to open a door and go down a corridor and I don't know if the, the robot's going to be in there or whatever. And first I open the door and I just put the gun around the door. <laughs> I'm not even looking. I just put the gun. Like the gun has eyes or something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's so funny. Cause I, I believe it came out the same year well, as short circuit. Who-
2: go ahead. I was gonna say I, I, that fits with someone who doesn't know how a gun works.
0: So, <laughs> Ferdy was just hoping that the gun had eyes. Yeah, right. You know that if, if there was a robot there, the gun would maybe just go off. I don't know, but um, I uh, I crack up when I look at when I look at that scene. There's actually quite a few. The one where they play like um, uh, play the music as the three of us are walking with our guns <laughs> towards the robot. Robot, <laughs> you know
2: so it's like wild west
0: versus exactly. robot yeah. clint eastwood type music you know you're uh, in an
2: Fer- 80s shopping mall
0: Ferdy yeah.
1: had seen dirty harry like 42 times or something or 24 times i, I yeah. forget yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, i
0: forgot that yeah i forgot that line
1: um so for those that are interested it's streaming on amazon prime and i believe on youtube as well so a couple of places to check out chopping mall um you, you and who knows? It,
0: was, it could come back as a series.
1: It could, a series or even a, a reboot. And maybe there you was know.
0: some talk about it. Um, there has been some talk about it. And I actually thought in one of, one of the conversations I remember uh, hearing, and I thought it was kind of a good idea to do chopping mall series, like the series 24, where you do 10 episodes, but mm-hmm. all 10 episodes span over one night. Interesting.
2: Couldn't that be would be neat
1: Yeah Learn more about the characters too
2: Yeah Okay, so uh, you were on um, at One episode anyway Of Kids Incorporated And I'm looking at the date here And um, Sarah Ferguson No, Stacy Ferguson Rather, Fergie Would have yeah. been on there at the same time But as
0: like a 10-year-old do you remember meeting her at all? Wow, I forgot that. I didn't even realize that was the same person. Hmm. Yes.
1: Yeah, Stacey Yes, Stacy from Kids
2: Incorporated is Fergie.
0: Fergie, the singer. Yes. Didn't know that. Really? <laughs> didn't realize that. <laughs> okay. huh. There you go. You know, I was so young and naive and so clueless about so many things. I was, Mary had me working like a workhorse. I was literally just doing one project, the other. And I met people and came in and like guest starred and this and that. And um, I just never, you know, and I never really followed what any of them had, what they had done after. And granted, how old was she when I, when I did
2: Incorporated? She would have been like 10.
0: Yeah, I do remember her. I do remember really? that kid. Didn't yeah. know it was Fergie. Yep. <laughs> Actually a friend of mine, Moosey Dreyer directed that episode and Moosey came to me and he was, he knew he was directing that episode and he said, um, I want you to go in for this because, uh, I think you're going to be really right for it. And they like stuck a blonde wig on me to make me like a surfer. And I had to drum in the episode and, um, it was, it was funny.
2: That is, I loved Kids Incorporated. It was so fun. It was like the predecessor to Hannah Montana, kind of.
0: Yeah. And I just,
2: I loved it.
0: Wow. Um, it was fun.
1: So with the Karate Kid, can you uh, tell us about the auditioning for that? Because um, I think I, I read that John liked, liked you and that's why you were featured as like the fifth Cobra and he originally wanted four. Did you also come up with your own name, Jimmy, like, like uh, Chad did with
0: Dutch? I did not. Um, I went to audition for Carol Jones and Carol was just like, I like you. And she said, I want you to come with me. And she said, we're going to meet the director. And I was like, okay. And I remember we walked from her office, um, across the, the, the way was where John was in a, in a room and there were rows of seats where Warner Brothers. And I walked in and she introduced me and I auditioned for him. And it was interesting because when I finished, he said, you know, I like you, but I have my four Cobras And I was thinking in my head, well, if you already had your four Cobras cast, you know, but I guess maybe he was, they were still seeing other people just to see really what, if there was anybody else they liked where else they could fit them or whatever. Mm -hmm. They were still looking for friends, you know, the friend, the apartment friends, you know, the beach buddies, all that kind of stuff. Right. And he said, I I like you a lot. And he goes, "I, I tell you what, he goes, um, I was only going to have four Cobras, but I'm going to add a fifth. And he said, you're not going to have a lot of lines. You're not going to have a lot to say, but you're going to be one of the five Cobras and you're going to be there the whole time. You're going to be featured as one of the Cobra Kai's and you're going to play soccer and ride motorcycles and um, you get to be along for the big experience. Wow. I remember going to a payphone after and calling a friend of mine and, and, and saying, you know, is this something that I should do? And I was told also, you know, because you're going to be there, you're going to make the same amount of money as the rest of the guys. You're going to be one of the five. And I had to make the decision. Is it something I wanted to do? Because I knew it was only two lines but I also knew that I was going to be there every day for, you know, every single day of that movie for three months. Actually, I think it was four if you included the month that we rehearsed. And so, um, and the reason why it was a hard decision was because during that time, I was, things were also starting to take off for me in 1983. I did another series um, called other world. Uh, We did eight Mm -hmm. episodes. It got canceled but it was about a family that you know um, ended up in another dimension. And so my career was kind of taking off in terms of doing bigger, bigger things. So it was kind of like, do I want to take this movie where I'm gonna be there the whole time but I'm only gonna have two lines. And uh, I'm really glad I decided to say yes.
1: Did the name deter you at, at any point, The Karate Kid? I know that seems to be a thing.
0: I didn't care. The only thing I really cared about during that time was just working. Um, My agent, Mary, was really, really adamant about, you know what, do the work. Don't, Don't worry about small, don't worry about small part. Don't worry about, don't worry about small money. If if it's a decent offer and you have really and you have a a decent amount of work, do the work. She always said that the money and the fame will come. And she was exactly right, because you know, after doing Karate Kid, then the movie did so well. That was something I had on my resume that I was able to carry into, you know, other casting offices. And they were, you know, especially for head of the class, are like, oh wow, you're you're one of the five Cobras from karate kid. Wow. Uh, and so that was something that was a huge calling card for me.
2: Oh, that is awesome. So it, it, it's kind of like she was, um, your manager took the, or your agent took the, there are no small roles, only small actors.
0: Pretty approach much to it. Yeah. And she's like, do the work, you know, or sometimes it'd be like Mary. I mean, it's, it's a cool part, but, they're not paying very much. And she just would always say, do the work. Do the work. The, the fame will come. The money will come. When the time is right, then I'll be able to ask for the money. You know, then head of a class came and there I was doing a lead role and getting favored nations money, but getting good money for is, you know, like the rest of the actors in the series and, mm-hmm. and the money does, the money does come and I, I tell that now to my students, who I coach, um, you know, do the work. If the part is a good part or decent part, take it. You never know when you're on set, who you're going to meet, who's going to be there, what it's going to lead to, you know, you're not going to meet people sitting at home. Right. Yeah. I
2: I want to uh, uh, divert just for a second away from the karate kid. We'll come back to it. But on that topic, you were the acting coach on Shake it up. So you were a huge part of launching Zendaya and Bella Thorne. Did you give them both that that kind of speech? And then, you know, seeing what they've become now. Um, Zendaya, of course, acts much more than Bella does, but they're both award still in winner. The spotlight. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've been actually um I continued to work with Zendaya. Um um, and I've worked with her up until almost now. I mean, uh, Wow. I coached her, uh, worked with her for the screen test for greatest showman. Um, I worked with her for the screen test for Dune. Hmm. Um, and, uh, did the read through the entire script with her for her, uh, table read for euphoria, uh, coached her on, she did a big guest spot on a series called O Mm -hmm. and uh, worked with her on that and her her, um, entire three seasons. I worked with her every day on, um, on uh, KC Undercover. Wow. So so I've really kind of, um, you know, we stayed together and she's amazing. And we're still, uh, really close and just made her a really great Italian meal uh, around Christmas time. Um, but yeah, so so Shake It Up was my very first uh, work with Disney Channel, mm-hmm. where um, the producer of Shake It Up was the producer of Head of the Class, and he knew that I had been coaching He has championed me all of this time um, on a lot of the sitcoms that he's produced. uh, Suddenly Susan, George Lopez show. And he just goes, Tony's coaching on this, you know. Okay. And it's great because a lot of times I'm coaching on these shows. I ended up doing guest spots or I do, you know, 25 voiceovers. Um, uh, It's 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 a cool gig for me and I can go and do other acting stuff uh, if, if I want. But um, he's the one that introduced me to Disney Channel and started on Shake It Up, and um, and then that's now led to an eleven-year career uh, working with Disney Channel, and um, yeah, those three years were fun with Bella and Zendaya
1: on, on Shake It Up. weren't you like a? Didn't you play like a talent agent of, or something like that? And I forgot, I thought, yeah, I
0: was. I forgot that. That's good. <laughs> that's really good. Boy, you guys do your homework.
1: We t- we try. <laughs>
0: Uh, it, it, um, yeah, I played a, a, I played a commercial director. Yeah.
1: And on Casey Undercover, you were uh, a, a Mr. Hancock. Um, so not a show I watch. I have the kids uh, that are that age. But w- 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 what was that character supposed to be like, uh, Mr. Hancock?
0: I was the neighbor to uh, Casey's family. And I remember they were trying to, I can't quite remember, but they were, they knew that there was a neighbor who was involved in something scandalous and they were going through my trash can or they were waiting for me to come out of my house. I was bringing the trash out and they attacked me thinking that I was this neighborhood uh, thief or something like that. And, um, you know, we ended up, I ended up doing something and she ended up flipping me and I had to have a stunt double because, you know, Zendaya was flipping me on my back. And I was going to ask fun. that if
1: if that was a stunt double, because I know you can still do a cartwheel. So I, I had wondered if that was actually you being flipped.
0: I can still do a cartwheel. <laughs> it's on the Instagram. <laughs> I actually kind of use it to, to still have my, my, uh, my great nephews and nieces think that I'm still cool and able to do those things. So we'll all be in the park, like playing croquet. And I'll be like, I'll just go and throw a cartwheel and they'll get a kick out of it. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to do it. Um, now that I'm 61, but.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You just had a birthday in January. Um, I did. To to go back to the Karate Kid, uh, as we, t- um, you know, to talk to you guys some more uh about filming around that time i guess i was a little surprised um it it seems like pat was around you guys probably just as often if he was with ralph off camera
0: he was um it was kind of like a it was just a known thing that we had to be on set every day whether we had whether we were in scenes or not Uh, we had to show up on set And we had to work with Pat Johnson um, and have karate practice every single day. So we were expected to be on set um, regardless of being in scenes. And so there was just a lot of downtime because, you know, say we didn't have any scenes to film that day, but we still had to drive to set, whether it was in the Valley or Malibu or wherever it was, and do our, have our hour or two hour practice, uh, karate practice. And then we would just hang out on set. So a lot of times it was just me knocking on Pat's, you know, dressing room door going, Hey Pat, how's it going? What's going on today? You know, Uh, just hang out with them. And we all just hung out. Ralph was very focused. Um, And, and I, and I think that maybe there was a part of him that wanted to keep himself a little bit separate from us as great as Ralph is, and he's always been great. And he was on set when the camera, you know, the camera stopped rolling, we would talk and laugh or whatever and this and that, but he was very focused. You know, he, he had a big, he had a big job to do. Um, and, uh, and I, you know, he, we would film or whatever, and then he'd go back to his, his dressing room. And um, he had a lot going on at the time. It was a big deal for him, you know, starring in a big studio picture.
1: Mm hmm. The, the reason I bring that up specifically, because I, I know there's a lot of fun pictures of like the, the OG Cobras and Pat will be in the middle of you guys. And like, I, I don't know if I see very much of uh, pictures of like you guys with Marty, um, like, you know, while they're f- filming the movie. Because obviously, there's uh, plenty of pictures, you know, post the Karate Kid with right. Marty and you guys and uh, stuff Plus in the years. dojo
0: and stuff so, like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we we did hang out. I mean, I remember Marty just having all of us just huddled together and telling us, you know, hysterical stories of of his past filming days. Um, So it was always just fun for us all hanging out on the set and just hear these stories that Marty had to tell. And, um, you know, maybe none of it was really photographed or the photographer, the set photographer wasn't there at the time. But, uh, you know. That, that happened with, with Pat:
2: so you, um, you have this, the you know the, the whole of karate Kid One and and the small part at the beginning of the karate Kid um, part two, mm-hmm. and there is a constant debate going on in the fandom that, that I know you are one who will be able to answer. Exactly. Yes or no. was that Chad McQueen standing behind the car with you?
0: I can't remember. <laughs> and that's not me pleading the fifth. <laughs> I seriously can't remember. Really? Um, I, yeah. You
2: were right next to him, and we asked Ron, and he's like, "Well, as far as
0: I know, but I was in front of the car." As but you far were behind. As I know. I thought I remember. So, what is the, what is the what is the what's the rumor out there with the fandom? Is it that they that that's supposed to be. That that's yeah. supposed to be Dutch, but Chad didn't come back to do it. Yes.
1: Yeah, because because of the he's wearing a baseball cap and the hair color looks a little off. Me.
0: Yeah. I can't honestly, on my life, I cannot remember. I cannot remember whether or not that was the case. Interesting. I, been, I, I mean. You know, a lot of times actors are like, you know what? I'd love to be there, but I'm working on a project or whatever, and I can't be there. So they have to shoot around it or make a way to make it work. I can't remember if that was the case or not. As far as I know, it was Chad. Oh, okay.
2: Because he's wearing a very bad blonde wig. And I just always assumed he didn't want to bleach his hair again for one day. Well, that very
0: well could have been the case. And I'm wondering if that actually kind of rings true for me. Um, But yeah, it's so long ago. There is so much that has happened. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's funny because so many moments, there are a lot of moments that really stick out about that film for me. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, running across the field, uh, you know, 15 times. Right. And, you know, like doing the 100-yard dash and then they eventually got us oxygen tanks so that when we would run back and go back to do it again, we would literally be, we'd breathe oxygen, you know, some some oxygen for us to breathe. Oh just to help us, you know, because yeah, we were getting winded and we were getting tired and it was nighttime and, you know, then we had to shoot the scenes at the fence. And um, there were, so there, there were a lot of things that I completely remember. And then there's other things that from are blur you know right then after that i went and did 114 episodes of head of the class and right about head of the class some things you remember some things you don't um for me that was 40 years ago right
1: yeah if it means anything the uh you guys running across the field is like a really beautiful shot you know if anyone gets a chance to watch it on the big screen it's Mm -hmm. it's, yeah uh, cinematically it's yeah
0: it's incredible um and uh jimmy crabe was our cinematographer DP and and just some of the, some of the shots were just so classic, you know. Right. No pun intended. He had a thing for
2: cranes, but he used them very, very well. He used them there. He used one at the All Valley for that that wonder of um, Daniel walking
0: down the side, and yeah, just absolutely gorgeous. The crane was a big deal. Actually, also the Steadicam. Um the steady karate kid I want to say was one of the very first movies to use a steady cam. I believe it had actually been used originally in Rocky, which was John Avildsen's other film. Mm-hmm. Um and I want to say it's when Rocky is running up the stairs. Mm. Okay, that makes the sense. Camera guy is running with him with the steady cam and if people don't know like the steady cam is something that you literally attach to your body and you have this whole arm and everything Thing that comes over your body, but it almost just makes the bu- the camera float with you, and and it doesn't have any jarring moment or anything. The camera just like literally floats really smoothly as the whole thing is attached to your body. So you can be running with someone, or you know, getting certain action shots, and that camera is always literally just steady. So Karate Kid, that was one of the first films it was used in.
1: So after the Karate Kid, fast forward to, you know, 2017, 2018, you hear about uh, Cobra Kai being brought back, starring William Zabka. What, what do you think did we about freeze?
2: that?
1: Oh, did we, did we freeze a little bit? Are we, uh, are we, are we
2: Tony's are we frozen for me right now. You're back, Tony's but Tony's okay. frozen.
1: Still recording. What's weird so, is I heard
2: yeah. him ask, did I freeze right before he froze?
1: We'll wait. I'm sure it'll catch up in a sec here. Okay. There we
0: there. go. Get Yay. That. We froze. Okay. Was that me? No, that wasn't me. Uh, no, 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 no. I don't know. I don't know. Hey. I don't know. <laughs> I was just sitting here and, and then I just had this big, I had this frozen face of yours.
1: Oh, oh, uh, yeah. We were just asking about the, the Cobra Kai and your, and your thoughts when it was announced to see Billy come back uh, to reprise his character.
0: I didn't have any idea as to what Cobra Kai was going to be. Um, I had known through the years that people had pitched different ideas for Ralph and Billy too to do um, something that had to do with the Cobras. Um, And then, you know, I heard that they were gonna do it. And I didn't have any idea as to what it was gonna be. I didn't know if it was gonna be kind of like, almost like done in in a curb your enthusiasm kind of way where these guys were where they were following him in in real life. It was going to be like a parody. Um, You know, if if it was going to be Daniel and and Johnny, but I just didn't know what direction they were going to take the tone of it. Um, Until I actually saw it and realized, wow, this is just like the movie. It's just a, a continuation, you know, 35 years later, but the characters, the feel, the music, everything is still the same, except for the fact that clearly the characters have. It's thirty-five years later. The characters have have grown and and you know changed. And um, Ralph's a car salesman, and Billy's washed up, and you know loves his beer and. <laughs> I just, I just thought that it was just, I don't think that they could have handled, I don't think they could have handled it any better. I don't think that just, you know, and how the characters had developed and changed, um, how they are handling the series, the way it looks on camera, the music, just all of it.
2: Mm -hmm. You were in the Sweep the Leg music video, yes? Yes. Okay. Um, When I first heard that Cobra Kai was going to be a thing, um, I told my husband I didn't want to watch it because I had already seen the sequel to the Karate Kid and it was that music video and it was perfect. And I didn't think anything could come anywhere close to it. And then of course, you know, turn on the screen and Hey, um, this is the, you know, sweep the leg music video, Johnny's a drunk and Daniel's successful. And, Um, so I thought that that tied in really, really well. I think it's, it's kind of stereotypical that the eighties jock ends up, you know, the drunk down on his luck. But it works for, for Johnny, I thought really, really well.
0: It does. And you know what, um, again, you've just kind of mentioned something that I didn't even really realize that these are pretty much, this is pretty much the way they had them, Mm -hmm. who, who their characters were. In the Sweet the Leg video, mm-hmm. you know, Johnny just laid out and, and drunk. Uh, I do love how he's watching old clips of, of Karate Kid. Right. Or I right. should say Billy, not Johnny, but Billy. Um, and I, uh, it was a lot of fun to do. But yeah, it's interesting how, yeah, it's kind of similar to, to how they were in the video.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I thought I, I if nothing else, I was like, well, that proves that Billy knows where Johnny would be 30 years later. Um, so which he knows Johnny better than anybody.
0: So he certainly does. Yeah. S-
1: so you guys reunited for that music video. And obviously you guys have been, um, you know, at each other's weddings and and still very much so keep in touch. What was it like to kind of be on screen with everyone again uh, in season two?
0: surreal. Um, it was, it was, it was surreal. Uh, granted when we're all together, cause like you said, you know, we've been to each other's weddings, um, Ron and his wife, Stacy, and I have, we, you know, we've hung out a lot. We've been to uh, Hawaii together. We've been to Costa Rica together. We hang out a lot, um, practice karate moves. No, no, not really. But, <laughs> 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 um, we, 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 you know, and, and Billy um, lived like a mile from me for quite a few years. So we've all, you know, remained close. So, But then when you're on set, it's a different story. And when, specifically, when we were in the bar scene, we were all sitting around that table having beers, talking about Dutch. I remember at one point we all just looked at each other and I looked at Rob and he looked at Ron and Bill. We all looked at each other and we're like, wow, this is this is weird. <laughs> because you know, thirty thirty-five years, thirty-six years have passed and we are all looking into the same eyes. I mean, granted, our faces, you know, have changed um, somewhat, but in a sense, it was like we had just finished and yet it felt like it was another lifetime ago. And it was just so cool to be able to sit there and, and be able to see each other in our characters again and and uh, just right back in it. And, and it's interesting because I don't think it's been done um, a whole lot where people who are in a film get to bring back those characters and, and do that, that whole thing all over again 35, 36 years later right
2: not yeah not not to this extent. Um, 21 Jump Street did it with um, Johnny Depp and Peter Deloise, but they were there for like 15 seconds and it was just to die, which is why I will never watch that movie because they killed Tommy and Doug. but right. uh, um, it hasn't uh, been done much, right? Right. yeah, that's the only other instance I can think of. And like I said it was it wasn't intended to like, relaunch anything they were literally just there to die uh, yeah. where you guys are, are still part of the universe and you know could come back at any time they were there just to die so they couldn't um, but one of my favorite parts of that the bar fight um, is actually you Jimmy um, after you hit your first guy you look down at your hands like oh my god they still work and it's just like the most amazing expression.
0: Brianna, uh, you're on point.
2: I I love it. You're on point
0: this you're on point this morning.
2: Oh, it just that that's literally like my favorite part of the whole fight. And it just it it just makes me so happy.
0: It sticks well, out um, the most. Yeah, in a good way. It does. Yeah. I'm I'm glad because you know, um that was your decision. Maybe I don't know, maybe maybe the the acting experience and what I've tried to pass on to my students is, you know, to really think about your character and, and you know, what would your character do and who are they, where have they come from, blah, blah, blah. So, of course, it's revealed to us in, in uh, <clears throat> that episode that I'm married mm-hmm. and I have a couple of kids. And I was just sitting there thinking uh before we shot that, that, well, I'm a married, I'm a married man. Um, I probably haven't been involved in any of this. I haven't probably, you know, been involved with karate for quite some time. Jimmy probably put it down. Uh, you know, he didn't want to be a bad guy or, mm-hmm. or he just moved on in his life from being part of the Cobra Kai. So here he finds himself in a bar fight and he's thinking in his head, I haven't done any of this. You know, this, this hasn't been a part of my life. And now here I am hanging out with these guys, which we often do. But karate hasn't been a part of my life. But now I'm in a bar fight. So I just thought it was really cool um, when I was working it out with uh, the stunt guy. And we were working out the fight. And, and you know, Hayden and Josh and John were off doing whatever but we hadn't shown it to them yet. Mm -hmm. And I just said to the stunt guy, I said to, uh, I think it was uh, a hero, the stunt coordinator. I'm like, Hey, what if after he punched me, I mean, I haven't been in a fight for, for years and years, I haven't done this. What if he just has a moment of, (gasps) wow, my hands, my hands still got it. I still Ah. got it, you know? And then that fires me into continuing. I'm like, okay, I'm all in, you know? So He was just like, boom, okay, then go ahead and hit. And I go in that quick moment, I'm just going to throw this in and then go right back into a, and maybe partly it's because also a lot of my career has been in comedy. Mm -hmm. That I thought it would be fun to kind of throw in that quick little comedic moment um, or just real moment. It's just a random moment like, whoa, okay, boom. (laughs) You know, Uh, (laughs) And the guys loved it. And I wasn't really sure if it was going to somehow, if they're going to figure out a way to kind of cut it out, I'm like, oh, they're probably going to cut that out. And I was so happy that they left it.
1: I I, I think it's, it's great. You know, kind of what you're saying. Um, Jimmy probably hasn't thrown a punch in some time and it's like muscle memory, you know? So you, you're like, okay, yeah, it's, it, it still works. Um, yeah. I, yeah i i rihanna's right that it's it really sticks out in in the best way it gave me a laugh the first time i saw it and you know if for for the younger people who didn't grow up on the movies and maybe didn't even see the karate kid prior to the cobra kai they see jimmy fight and be like oh okay so so he must have fought too obviously you know and i I think that kind of just gives your character a moment there
0: yeah i uh i thought it was i thought it was great and um I was just so happy that those guys even gave me the opportunity, you know, that they gave me the opportunity to come back to um, have a lot of lines. Right. To, to be able to relive that moment with those guys. Um, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was a bummer for us that Chad wasn't there. Um, but also to be able to have that moment with, with Rob, Um who, you know, passed away a year later. And, and um, also, you know, a lot of, I'll read a lot of fans that will say, oh, he was sick during the time. And, you know, none of it's true. It, none of it is, is true. It's just Rob wasn't sick during that time. He played like he was sick. I mean, you know, clearly the character was, uh, was sick, but um, he wasn't sick at the time. And it wasn't for, you know, until a year later when he ended up uh, getting pneumonia and having complications uh, and passed away. But it was just so great for us all to be together. And we just had such a blast. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: yeah. And it, it really comes across that, that, you know, as much as the Cobras love being together and there are, you know, hints that they have been in each other's lives off and on for the last 30 years Um, I think it it really comes through that the four of you, you know, love each other, know each other, are there for each other. Um, It just seemed like a
0: very um, comfortable familiarity. You know, and it's interesting you say that because, you know, Chad, Chad has always, you know, done, been Chad, you know, um, he has, he's always had a life, you know, aside from Karate Kid, he's always been involved in. he's very much like his dad, Steve McQueen. And he's right. always been involved in cars and that's just been his life, you know? Um, and he, he really hasn't, you know, stuck with the acting thing. So the four of us have been a little bit more intertwined and it wasn't like if we didn't reach out, we couldn't, you know, we, we could say hi to Chad or whatever, mm-hmm. but our lives have just gone in, in different directions um, just so happens that Ron and I stayed really close and, and, and Rob and Billy were really close and you know, I've remained, you know, close to, to Billy. And Rob would always call me up and be like, okay, well, you're on the SAG website. Is there a residual coming? I mean, I could <laughs> always, you know, whenever, whenever uh, I was kind of like Rob's go-to, He um, was like, I didn't want to deal with the internet and all that stuff. And so uh, I would text Rob and be like, oh, you're going to be very happy. There's a residual that's coming, <laughs> you know. Um, so I was kind of like his residual lifeline. So he loved that. That was a fun part of our, of our relationship. Um, you know, I would text him and be like, Santa Claus is here. <laughs> <laughs> so Rob got a big kick out of that. So when the four of us were all together at that table, yeah, it was, it really is 36 years of, 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 you know, you living down the street, us being in Hawaii together and you saving my life uh, as I was practically drowning in a riptide, um, that was Ron Thomas, we're on vacation and I was stuck in a riptide and Ron just, I got, we got separated and then I look over and there he was, he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just really tired and I can't really move my arms. I'm just going to wait for the water to wash me up on the rocks. And he's like, are you serious? <laughs> I was like, I'm just, I can't move, dude. I go, my arms are tired. And he looks at me and he's like, grab my hand and he grabbed my hand and we swam out of the water, you know, and we're swam out of the rip, the rip tide. riptide. And, and in that moment, I know that I would have drowned. Um, so yeah, when you we're looking at each other, and we have all of these experiences, and you know the residual man over here, and you know <laughs> the guy who saves me from drowning in Hawaii, and and it just uh, yeah, there's all of that. all of that is underneath, you know, when we were when we were working together. Um, wow. There's
1: been three seasons of Cobra Kai now. Do you have a, a character that you like? Maybe preferably somebody new, like of, of the new new generation.
0: Hawk. Yeah, I think Hawk's cool. Um, um, uh, Billy's son. His name went out of my character. Name went out. Of, Robbie. Robbie. Um, I kind of like that. You know the turmoil. Uh, you know. Um, I love the stuff that Sholo gets to play with Billy. Oh Um, yeah. All of them. I think they've done such a great job at creating these, these new characters and, um, you know, but yeah, they all kind of, they all, they're all really cool in their own special way. I just like how, you know, uh, Johnny's, you know, uh, son and Ralph's daughter, you know, have been intertwined <laughs> in earlier, earlier on when they were kind of like involved, but it didn't really seem like they knew who each other's dads were. And just, I don't know, it's just all done so clever. Yeah. Uh, I would love to be in one of those writing, writing, uh, writing rooms, you know, so do we. when the right. guys are sitting there talking about in what direction and who knows what and how they're going to, you know, just must be so much fun creating all that. they're brilliant the writers Mm -hmm.
2: were you an acting coach on any of the wimpy kid movies that peyton was in because i know you coached on a couple and she was in a couple but i don't know if they overlaps
0: no i coached on the very first diary of a wimpy kid the original and i coached Mm -hmm. on the last one which is called the long haul which is number four uh For number two and three, I was busy. For number uh, number two, I was do working on Shake It Up. And for three, I was doing something else. But it's really funny because when I was doing Casey Undercover with Zendaya, I think it was Casey Undercover, yeah. Peyton was on Jesse mm-hmm. with Karim Brar, who I had coached in, in – in, in wimpy kid. Right. And Peyton came over to guest star on Casey undercover. So Peyton didn't know me as one of the original Cobra Kai's and karate. I mean, you know, karate kid, a part of her life. So she came over and guest starred on Casey undercover and we would see them on the lot every now and then when they were doing Jesse and we're doing Casey undercover. So it's like, Hey, how's it going? Whatever. And I'd worked with her when she guest starred on Casey undercover. And then I show up on set on Cobra Kai and I'm standing outside of my dressing room and Peyton comes walking by and I'm like, Hey Peyton. And she's like, Hey, well, she knows me as the acting coach on Casey undercover who she would see on the lot. And I'd be like, Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Whatever. And so she was like, what do you what are you doing? I get that a lot. What, what are you? What are you doing? What are you doing here? Like, and they think, what? What are you here to coach somebody on Cobra Kai? She's like, what? What are you? What do you? I'm like, I'm one of the original Cobra. She's like, you are. And I was like, yeah. She's like, no way. That's so cool. She's like, so we got to hang out a little bit and and catch up. Um, I'm so thrilled for her. She's doing a great job on that series, and that girl can fight yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. we uh we can just fight. we just spoke with Hiro and janelle um not too long ago and janelle uh said that uh well i asked them like who was like the most improved and janelle chose Peyton and credited the the nunchucks and said that anytime they weren't rolling she grabbed those and would just work on it and it really paid off in in the season three
0: yeah Janelle's badass. Yeah. Oh,
1: so, yeah. yeah. She, she I is. love
0: Janelle. Do you want, a, you want another really cool tidbit about Janelle? Please, yes. She was Zendaya's stunt double in the first season of Casey Undercover. I think I knew that, yeah. Hero, wow. Hero and, and Janelle were um, our stunt coordinators. Or Hero was the stunt coordinator for Casey Undercover the first season. That I wow. he left to go do Stranger Things.
1: Oh
0: wow! Okay. But Janelle was Zendaya's stunt double for uh, season one. Wow! wow. Same so same um, exact same exact body frame. Mm. Yeah. Exactly the same.
1: So uh, kind of like Dana, dude. You're actually the the OG Disney elder, having been on uh, Casey Undercover and Shake It Up so yeah yeah that's that's really fun
0: um, and i also uh, coached on the first season of girl meets world mm-hmm. right yeah i saw that um, i don't think i don't know if i maybe i did do a voiceover or two for for that show but it's funny now because now i coach on a series called sydney to the max and daniel Fischel is one of our in-house directors so danielle and i um we get to hang a lot and i love her she's she's awesome
1: Yes, I, I enjoyed Boy Meets World for her too as uh, yeah. Topanga. Um, Topanga
0: is amazing. Uh, Danielle is amazing, and uh, I'll say it over and over again. I just I love her as a person. She's great.
1: Uh, and this is a perfect segue because we're already kind of talking about it. But as as we get ready to wrap up, uh, let, let's talk about your um, you as an acting coach. Um, after after I head of the class uh, in ninety one did you take some time off or or is that when you decided to get into becoming an acting coach
0: well i i did some um a few more guest spots and some different projects uh things um i hopped on to uh let me see when did i do it was maybe it was i, I might have been towards the end of head of the class so i got to do the toyota grand prix of long beach and i got to race um race cars in the in the celebrity uh, event for the Toyota Grand Prix. Um, oh, wow. And then I, I guest starred in Murder, She Wrote. Um, and I did like some guest spots after head of the class. Then I got really involved in voiceover. Um, so uh, I did a lot of commercial spots. Uh, Corona light. Corona light, the other light. <laughs> um, and you get right into the mic. Yeah. Hey? I'm thirsty all I of a like, sudden.
1: I can go for one. I would like to
0: channel my inner Don LaFontaine, you know, the the guy that did all the announcing for the movies. She, you know, lived in a world. That kind of stuff. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. And I got involved in voiceover for uh, quite a long time um, and would still audition here and there. And um, And then in 1997 was when I actually went uh, to the set of a sitcom at the time was called for your love with Holly Robinson, Pete and Dede Pfeiffer and DW Moffat and James LeJure. And I was on that set doing a voiceover, um, for Frank Pace, the producer who was also producing that. And he said, you're coaching at home. And I said, yeah, I, I coach a lot of my friends going on auditions. They think I know something. Um, and so, uh, He said, what would you think about coaching on the series next year? And he brought me over and introduced me to Yvette Lee Bowser, who had an amazing career. Um, She did Living Single. She was executive producer of Living Single, created it. Um, Amazing, amazing uh, show creator. And uh, they offered me the job. And that's what started my coaching career in 97. Wow. So then I kind of like, and it was interesting because there was a part of me that kind of, I was tired of auditioning, you know, mm-hmm. by the time they offered, the, the time that came to you know, to me, I was 37. I had been auditioning since I was 18. I'd been working a lot. Um, and as much as I love it, there are times you do get tired. I was just tired of constantly, you know, mm-hmm you know, when you're auditioning, I always say it's like, you're, you know, you're in the hamster wheel and it's just, it's, it's a grind. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and it takes a lot out of you. And I had been working so hard and really hustling and doing voiceover and doing so much stuff. And I think at that time I was looking for something where I could just settle down. And that's why I liked series, whether I'm working on a series as a crew member, or as a coach or working on a series as an actor, it gives you a chance just to kind of like settle into a job and have something steady. And at the time it's like, I wanted a new kitchen. I wanted to take a great trip to Europe. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wanted something steady that could really afford me the kind of things that I wanted to do for myself personally,
2: Hmm. you
0: know, work on my house, go away to Europe for a month, which I did. I went and lived in Florence for a a month. Wow. Went to Australia for a month. Um, I just like to take off and go. Mm -hmm. And so um, I decided to take that coaching gig. And now it's been 24 years, 25 years, something like that. Um, And it just, it's worked out to be, pretty amazing. Like I said, I've got to work with people like Zendaya and, you know, I've worked with Karim Brar. I was actually the one that gave him his Indian accent for Wimpy Kid. Oh, wow. I worked with him on on that accent and um, he actually ended up using that that accent for the series Jesse. Right. And uh, so it's just been really cool for me to be able to pass it on um, I have a, a lot of new clients who are doing really well. Uh, my client uh, uh, Arjan and my client Kensington Tallman, and they're they're all working so much right now and in, in shows and you um, of course, Zendaya she's doing Euphoria and mm-hmm. and she's doing just finished Spider Man Three and right. Yeah.
2: Been, <laughs> <and> she has <laughs>
0: Dune coming out and uh, wow. she, she's back to doing Euphoria right now and um, or at least really soon. And so it's just so amazing to be able to kind of pass the torch. Mm-hmm. And, and for the last
2: 21 years, it has been steady work. It has been one project right into the other. It really has.
0: Yeah. You know, for your love. And then I did a couple of pilots and then hopped right on to the George Lopez show, did that for five years, finished that, went and did the uh, wimpy kid one, finished that, came back and started on shake it up and shake it up, you know, uh, girl meets world Mm -hmm. and hop into KC undercover. And now I'm also, so I'm kind of been involved with Disney channel the last uh, two years has been Sydney to the max also coaching on another series that uh, they just canceled called just roll with it. But their new big hit is uh, secrets of sulfur Springs, which they do in new Orleans. Mm -hmm. And um, I bounced last year prior to the pandemic, I bounced back and forth between doing Sydney to the max here and doing secrets of sulfur Springs in new Orleans. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's now uh, a really big hit for Disney channel. So, so um,
1: as an acting coach for all these uh, various shows that you were on, um, what is your responsibility? Are you like assigned certain actors that you run dialogue with?
0: It's usually uh, fleshed out with the producers before I begin, but usually it's the entire cast where all the kids are involved. Like with Sid- with Sydney to the Max, um, our adult stars are Ian Reed Kessler and Caroline Ray from Sabrina Mm -hmm. Teenage Witch um so with those guys I'll just work with them I'll help them learn their lines and we'll just you know run the scene and just really uh, be more of a dialogue coach for them just working with them and helping them memorize with the kids it's different with the kids it's not only helping them memorize but going up to them and giving them notes. Um, you know, take a beat here, uh, give more energy here, play it more this way. So I really work in tandem with the director, but I really know what they're expected what, what they're, what's expected out of those characters and out of those actors, because a lot of our directors are floating, mm-hmm. you know, new directors come in and out and, um, granted, if it's a, a director like Daniel Fishel, um, they've done our show, so they do know the actors and they do know the characters. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times they're newer directors and I'm the one who knows what's expected from these actors. And, and you know, uh, so it's really, I'm the one who's very hands-on with the director in getting those performances. Mm, that sounds a lot of fun. Kind of like, like Kind of like an assistant director, so to speak, you know? So
2: you're the one basically who not necessarily hands to the actors their characterization, but you help them develop it and bring it out and keep the continuity going from year to year.
0: Absolutely. And always saying to them, you know, hey, you need to, this needs to have a little bit more of a sitcom rhythm. You need to bring a little bit more energy here or you know, um, sometimes I'll just say to me, yeah, but Tony, the, you know, the line just doesn't seem that funny to me. And i will like, Hey, well, let's find a way to make it funny. Bring some personality to it. Maybe change the rhythm, change the delivery or just always trying to find a way to make it, you know, funny. We're doing a sitcom now on a series like secrets of sulfur Springs. That's a single camera, you know, more of a drama mm-hmm. uh, about a family that, you know, try, is refurbishing a, uh, a haunted hotel. So um, then it's talking to them more about playing the beats and keeping the intensity and, and, you know, and keeping the suspense and showing their interest and um, just certain things and working with them and helping them bring their performance out to the fullest. You know, don't play it halfway, play it all the way, which always brings me back to a Miyagi line which is if you walk on this side of the road you're okay if you walk on this side of the road you're okay you walk down the middle of the road you're going to get squished like a grape mm-hmm. I think he says that line in in Karate Kid yeah something he does and I always tell my my actors go all the way with it don't kind of play it down the middle of the road you know if you're going to play excited play excited you know um the audience is going to be just as invested as you are. So, the more invested your character is, the more invested the audience is going to be. If you show that you care in your performance, they're going to care more about your performance.
1: Yeah, that's, that's wow. actually uh, an episode of Cobra Kai All In. And, and they talk uh, uh, about that. I think, does Kreese bring that up or is it Johnny's? It's it's one of them. Obviously, it, it, it was the episode before "Take a Right," uh, where where the right. OG Cobras come back. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I would Tony, I, w- I would watch videos of you just coaching people. I mean that, that sounds like fun to me, to be honest. And
2: yeah, and I, yeah, I'm there too <laughs>
1: to kind of see what they do with with the coaching and and uh, again to see Zendaya win the Emmy. That's got to be rewarding for you as well, uh, having coached her over a decade or maybe almost um,
0: that was definitely a a teary moment for me. Um, just so, so pleased with, with what she's done, how she's handled her career, um, how she's handled herself on social media. Uh, everything that everybody sees is, is really, truly who she is. Mm -hmm. Um, she's definitely, uh, there's something about her that is so incredibly special. And and she's just a force in her own way. She knows, you know, early on, even, you know, I'd be talking to her about playing a certain thing a particular way. And she'd be like, yeah, but you know what, Tony, in this particular situation, my character's just done this and done that. And, you know, I kind of feel like I want to play it this way. And I'll be like, okay, I can see that. All right, go for it. You know, she just, um, she's, very early on, she's known what she's wanted to do. And she's been very much in charge of her own game. And uh, she's the entire package. I mean, as you guys know, you know, she's 5'10", five, 5'10 10, five, 10 and a half. She puts on a pair of heels and, you know, she walks in a room at 6'1", 6'2", mm-hmm. looking the way she looks, legs for days. She's got the... She's got the commercial look, you know, she can, you know, be that girl for Lancome. Right. You know, and then go do, and then go sing in Greatest Showman. And mm-hmm. then struggling with drug addiction. and. and so. Wants to be at that particular all. time. Um, so mm-hmm. so, kudos or kudos to her. It's really amazing just to sit and watch her, you know, um, do her thing and just shine and you know just, uh, it's incredible. And I did promise her that when she um, um comes back home that uh, she made me promise that I'm going to make her a nice big fresh loaf. Of oh so yeah. <laughs> I yes, do. I am. I am in on the sourdough craze. Um, I I keep a, a live starter in my fridge. I make bread uh, sometimes once or twice a week. Um, I, I I give it away a lot more than I eat it because I need to keep up my <laughs> my, my, cook, my guns <laughs> um, and I need to stay nice and lean for my interviews. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm really trying to defy the 60s. You look fantastic for 61.
2: I I think the entire cast of that movie, um, I don't know if you guys have paintings in the attic or if you've sold your souls or what, but you all look amazing.
0: I do have a painting in the attic. And I have a niece who um, tells me on a regular basis, yep, you're still a vampire.
2: There we go. See, both of which are theories that I have put forward and now I am vindicated.
0: I would like to attribute it to um, having really good genes um, and having a life of sports and and training and and eating well. I mean, you might see, oh yeah, I have a, I don't know if you can see it, but right there, I have one of my bikes. Um, There's actually a My road, one of my road bikes there, it's a hybrid bike. Mm -hmm. Um, In the living room further over uh, due to the pandemic, I have a spin bike um, and I have two other bikes out back. Um, I play pickleball. I play tennis. I've been a a competitive swimmer and springboard diver from the time I was 13. Working out has always been a part of my life. Um, I was the national spokesman. For the president's physical fitness test in wow. 1990, oh. um, the year prior to Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, um, got to go to the White House and I traveled around the nation talking about physical fitness. And so, it, you know, um, and there's karate. And so, that's physical fitness has always been a part of my life. Um, a lot of people don't know that I'm one of the oldest people on television to ever play a teenager. Dan Frischman, who played Orbit and head of the class, is three months older than myself. But when I finished head of the class, I was 31. Playing wow. 18. Wow. So um, even in, yeah, um, all through, you know, when I first got head of the class, I was 26, playing 16. So. That's incredible. <laughs> that, that, painting in the, that painting in the closet just keeps getting older and older. And I'm just terrified that one morning I'm going <laughs> to wake up and i'm going to go walk into the bathroom and that painting is just going to reverse and the whole thing is just going it's going to go i know <laughs> or it's not, gonna go eventually, you know
2: but,
0: oh okay. you, know, you you can only you can only defy gravity so much right, <laughs> right. I think, it is uh, what it is but i'm going to keep eating healthy and keep staying in shape and i mean who knows maybe i could end up in season 4 of
1: Obracaya. who knows who knows maybe and so i or think that's who knows? Maybe
0: i could end up in a season of head of the class or maybe i could end up in chopping mall series anything could happen my right. whole life has been rebooted yeah should
2: we i know peter has to go real quick here but should we keep our eyes open for a photo of a lamborghini to be posted to instagram again
0: or of course you know that wasn't my lamborghini well, yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I wish it was my Lamborghini, but I actually went to a, a car museum in, in Orange County and that happened to be there. Um, maybe, I don't know. I don't know what photo is going to come next on Instagram. There we go. Um, but I appreciate all those followers of the Tony O'Dell. That's the best I could come up with. and uh, And who knows? It may not be a Lamborghini. It might be you know a cool jeep there you go i don't know <laughs> just got to watch those location
2: tags that's all
0: yeah oh yeah
2: <laughs> there is that
0: yeah I, that kind of tells everybody where you are Does? yes
2: it? yes you played it off very well though you were like oh yeah i'm just visiting friends and then it's like wait he has friends in atlanta they're busy right now oh boy yeah man. yeah Christy, I, I, will give, I will give Christy full credit. She is one of your biggest fans. She is the one who alerted us to the fact that that photo existed and was tagged in Atlanta. And I think she was the one who asked you what you were doing there.
0: I do have friends in Atlanta. <laughs> they were filming on a series called Cobra Kai. Right. Just so happened, they said, Hey, we happen to have a couple of lines. Do you want to see them? Do you want to join a bar fight? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I happen to be
0: there. Mine dialogue coach. Yeah, you're yeah, helping out all the dialogue. <laughs> you're yeah, you I was coaching on the series. You know, it's, um, yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really going to have to look out for those location services. There's something on my phone where I can turn that off, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there is. You might want to find that. Yeah. Good note, especially if I end up going back to Atlanta. Right. Because, <laughs> you know, we will bust you out. Yeah, we will. Oh, Christy Stone. It's Christy Stoneman, right? Yes. Yep. yep. Man, she is. She is all over it. Yeah, she is.
1: She's uh, binging our interviews right now. A matter of fact, I think she's just listened to the uh, Martin Coe's interview recently. I gave her a little clue who we might be speaking to next, and she's pretty excited about it.
0: Yeah. Now, do the others are the others aware of Christy Stoneman or is is it just me? Um, I, mean, I know she's she's definitely sent me a lot of messages and I re- I've returned um a couple of them. You know, I get so many messages on a daily basis right. on Instagram. And sometimes I go through and then sometimes um you know I do respond, but I also know that a lot of times, as much as you want to have contact with people that follow you and the people that support you and love you um you you can't be on your phone all day I just can't I can't interact with people that much I have you know a life and I gotta work out and stay young and (laughs) um you know and I have things that I have to do that I just don't sometimes want to be forcing too much interaction because I get stuck on my phone
1: yeah
0: And I don't like to be stuck on my phone, especially when my phone now says to me, you've done six hours today on social media. (laughs) Oh yeah. But totally appreciate um, people like Christy and, and, and the people that really follow us and support us because we wouldn't be here without them. Mm -hmm.
2: I think to answer your question that uh, she is a Jimmy girl, first and foremost, um, and a Tony girl. She's watched everything you've ever been in. Um, you know, so huge fan That's of really you. cool. Um, Ron, um, at least at one time before convention seasons got shut down. Um, his his biggest fan ever was my friend Aaron. So he was aware of her. Uh Billy is aware of and remembers the names of a couple of my friends. Um, I think it's just who they interact with the most, you know.
0: Um, yeah, Brianna, you're so good, man. You're really, you guys are really good, and and in terms of having your your history and doing your your homework, and probably for you, it doesn't even seem like it's homework, you <laughs> no. know, because it's just something that you've always loved TV and films, and you've just really, um, you're really good at at following these things and remembering them and and um it's 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 nice because a lot of times I'll do an interview and they will only want to talk about karate kid or cobra kai but they don't know anything about all of the other you know things that I've I've done in my life and my career and um so it's it's nice it's cool that's that's why we do these
1: because i mean the, the name of the name of our podcast, Cobra Kai Companion. We we want to be the companion piece to the show, to the movies, and when we do these interviews, we want the audience and the listeners to learn about the actors. So that's why we try to do a deep dive and watch all we can watch uh, in in preparation. So again, watching your episodes on Casey Undercover, Shake It Up, uh, Chopping Mall, so. Yeah, we 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 yeah, want to learn what you. Yeah, and it's funny because you...
0: sometimes people will post something on Instagram. The other day, someone posted something about me and Airwolf with Jan Michael Vincent, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I mean, there are things that I literally forget about, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that that kid does feel like a different person to me, or it feels like a whole nother lifetime. Um, but it's been forty three, almost forty four years now, and and I'm, and I'm uh, I'm proud, um, you know. I figured out a way to really last in this business, and and uh, and it's a crazy business, and it's a difficult business, and it's it's also can be wonderful. Um, you get to reach out to people and touch people and um, and affect people's lives, and so, uh, you know, I'm really grateful for. It.
2: So you should be proud not only for you know playing this I, one of the most iconic characters in one of the most iconic movies ever um, but it, for your own career for the other careers you've had a hand in launching I mean you've been everywhere you absolutely should be proud of that
0: thank you yeah um I guess I kind of have been everywhere it's part of my adD uh, <laughs>
2: I can relate to that <laughs> squirrel squirrel
0: <laughs> that's totally me. um just you know, uh you know it's really funny because, and I've never said this before in an interview, my nephews and nieces call me pro, and this is how it goes um when when they were younger and and uh i I can't say that I curtailed my language, so they would call me Uncle Pro because um. Every now and then, I would let a curse word slip out. So I was Uncle, unbeknownst to me until much later, they 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 let me know that Uncle Pro meant Uncle Profanity, right? Um, Because I would, you know, let the occasional you know curse word slip out, and they were like always snickering in the back seat. Oh wow, (laughs) cursed, you know. And so, but then my niece said to me, you know, it was later on in life that we noticed like oh, I'm just going to go do, I'm going to go race cars. Or now I'm going to go do um, trapeze for Circus of the Stars. And now I'm going to go learn how to make sourdough bread. And, you know, they know that I speak uh, languages. I'm, you know, I'm fluent in Spanish. Um, I speak uh, enough Italian that I can get by. Um, I count one to a hundred in Vietnamese. I mean, kind of like a vast wealth of useless information so they, so now uncle profanity has really kind of transitioned into uncle pro. Wow! Mm. They like say that. that you kind of have to, be, yeah. like, you know, but that's kind of how, I, how I am. I'm like, oh, uh, you know, oh, racing bikes and I'll get into training bikes and, and get into that. And um, I've just always been very interested in, in so many different things. And yeah, I kind of, I kind of do like to become really good at whatever I decide that I'm going to do, you know?
1: You go all in. You don't. You know. I go all in. Yeah, but yeah no, I am a little measure. bit
0: like you know. Uh, but I get get I get really into it, and I get really try and be really good at it. And I just you know I think that's what life is about: is finding things that you find interesting and and enjoying it and enjoying life and exposing yourself to so many different things. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you got to have fun. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: yeah you got to love what you're doing, and and I, I think you're living the dream there.
0: Yeah. absolutely. Thank you. It's it's uh, it's definitely been it's definitely been a, a fun ride.
1: Yeah. Uh. So Tony, stand by as as we wrap up here. Uh. For those that don't already give uh, Tony a follow on Instagram at the Tony Odell. No apostrophe on Instagram. Um,
0: That's correct. Fo- yeah. yeah it's just that yeah, the Tony or the Tony Odell. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Brianna, where can people find you?
2: Uh, Brianna twenty five everywhere pretty basically uh twitter tumblr instagram facebook youtube archive of our own fanfiction.net
1: all right uh for me you can find me on twitter at cobra kai pod uh i'm pretty active on instagram at cobra kai podcast and check out our website cobra kai companion.com currently 72 interviews are on there uh tony is 75 so um yeah, we're slowly uh, not putting. Not
0: seventy-five years old. Not, seven. not seventy-five years old, but I <laughs> no, uh, uh, interview. 70. Yeah, if I was numbers seventy-five, <laughs> if I'm seventy-five and I still look like I'm, you know, younger, <clears throat> yeah, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. So let's we can do this fourteen years from now. Okay. I okay.
1: Uh, okay. We got it on on, on on a tape here. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks everyone for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time.
2: Thanks, Bye. You
0: haven't you done enough princess?